0: What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh Uh-uh, that ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start this is the start yeah man this is how it's gonna start it, yes man real spiel this is how it's gonna start the show starts huh yes man the intro real spiel real spiel yes real yes yes real indeed thank you for being with me this friday september sixth, just before 10 a.m it's about 9 45 to be exact you're listening to bryant jones in case you didn't know no co-hosts. This is Solo Mission. Gonna be taken by myself, heading into the weekend. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, it would be much more appreciated if you could leave a five-star review on whatever platform it is you're listening. Video coming soon to YouTube. Just want to make sure it's worthwhile. Right now, I'm recording in the living room because I find that when you switch environments to do things, you get a different result. All right, I read one time that even reading in a different room in the house sometimes can open up different neural pathways in the brain. So I've been flexing that muscle myself, bouncing around the apartment, even though there's not much to bounce to. We got about three rooms here, but it's still a small space that always blows me. People in cities that grew up in areas like this urbanites, you call them. They got puppies. They got families raising them in five story walk ups. I don't get it. Never will. I need a yard. I don't like hearing the cops outside my window every other hour I like hearing a train every 20 minutes and at 4 a.m. That loud ass horn. But the country and more rural areas have their own issues. I'm not going to get into the litany of them on this specific podcast. Just know there are differences. Personally, I could live in either environment. But if we're talking about raising a family, I think I'd want it to be in a more rural area that we can commute back and forth into the city to give them that culture they need. And I will also say for cities, kids in them tend to mature a little bit faster, just dealing with the everyday hustle and bustle, traversing public transportation, handling homeless people begging for money on the street, grifters and just your everyday run of the mill BS. That'll go on if you're a 12 year old walking to school in New York City versus a 12 year old whose mom is dropping them off in front of the school in I don't know idaho or wisconsin name any middle american city and it's not going to be as difficult to get around for a kid than it is in other places so in terms of that it'll harden you and make you understand that everybody in the world ain't your friend but honestly that's much deeper than i was hoping to philosophize this friday morning just wanted to get into the nfl's 100th season kicking off last night Chicago beared down to an L against the Green Bay Packers 10 to 3 in case you didn't see the game very low scoring The outcome should indicate whether or not it was worth your time. It was not worth mine So I had it on in the background while Breaking Bad was on the main screen because I'm recapping that I don't care about the outcome of these games unless I have money on the line So tomorrow is much more intriguing for me personally as a fight fan mixed martial arts will have its biggest card of the year so far in my humble opinion Khabib versus Poirier, champ versus champ. Say what you want about interim champions. Dustin, the diamond Poirier has fought teeth and nail to get to this point. All right. He's beaten uh, uh, Anthony Pettis. He's beaten Justin Gaethje. He's fought against Conor McGregor. I mean, the biggest names in the sports. He's been in two different divisions. Dude's earned everything he's gotten, and he definitely earned that belt. Khabib, what do you have to say? He's undefeated. The eagle, most dominant wrestler in the sport, grappler in the sport. Potentially most dominant fighter in the sport, if you want to take out John Jones. So heavily favored to defeat Dustin the Diamond Poirier out of Lafayette, Louisiana. Hopefully, you know, they can keep their second champion. Uh, if you weren't aware, uh, Daniel Cormier is also from Lafayette, Louisiana, and they both repping the Dirty Dirty. Uh, Edson Barbosa from uh, Brazil going up against the Irish Dragon, Paul Felder. Felder's trying to avenge his loss uh, to Barboza from about four years ago when he was greener in the sport. The heavy favorites are Barboza, Khabib, and Curtis Blades up against Shamil Abdurakhimov because apparently he's terrible off his back and Curtis Blades is a beast in judo, so we expect him to put him on his back. Islam Makashev is also a heavy favorite against Davi Ramos. So if you aren't familiar with any of these names, the sweetest action on the card so to speak, is probably Curtis Blaze versus Shamil, just because he's such a heavy favorite. Uh, based on everything I know, it's not too much money to be made betting the under on this card, unless you have heavy faith in Dustin and Diamond. He hasn't fought too many wrestlers, so we really don't know what he looks like on the ground. I'm going to portend that Khabib is the bigger man. All right? He barely made 155. He had to come in there butt naked with the curtain in front of him. So it, it was a tough weight cut in all likelihood, which could help Dustin. If he lands something on the chin and Khabib had a tough weight cut, maybe cut too much weight too fast, that punch might affect him differently than it would in you know another fight. But Khabib's definitely a bigger dude. So once he gets hands around Dustin, I like him to be able to control the action from that point. And this is also the first fight that Khabib's dad has been allowed in this corner. You know, whatever visa regulations were going on, he had never been in this corner here in America. So he's gonna listen to his dad, right? That dude is one of the few dudes that I understand Khabib actually fears in this world is his father, his trainer for life. He don't even fear them bears that his dad had him chained up against fighting. So if his dad's in his corner telling him, hey, get this dude on the ground and dominate this shit, dominate the diamond, let's get out of here quickly. That's what's gonna happen. So I foresee a... Uh, a long fight you know it's gonna be five rounds because dustin's proven he has the ability to go all five khabib has shown that he pretty much has to go all five to win i mean he has 17 finishes in the sport but he's got 26 fights so that lets you know he's not really knocking anyone out but he has a high strike differential because dudes are always looking for the takedown as you can see even a heavily decorated strider like conor mcgregor got put on his ass by khabib's heavy right hand when you're scared that he's going to shoot for the legs every three minutes, you know, he's got obviously the most significant ground and pound strikes because his ground and pounds from another world. He's one of the few dudes that I've seen that can generate power from the top the way he does. And, you know, it's just going to be a really, really exciting competition taking place at two o'clock p.m. is when the early prelim starts. So I'm going to be locked in from two to six pretty much that whole day, just eating bullshit food. I'm baking some cookies on Friday, and I'm going to watch Khabib uh, around 6 o'clock, put Dustin on his ass, even though I love Dustin, and I'm a big fan. And Honestly, I hope he wins because I like chaos in the sport. But then again, I also like dominance. I appreciate perfection. I love a good dynasty. And what can you say about a dude like Khabib who's damn near the Floyd Mayweather of MMA? Like I say, if you want to remove John Jones from the sport, Khabib is probably the most dominant dude that we've ever seen in the octagon. That's enough about UFC and MMA. I just gave you some of the odds on the main card. Not going to get into the prelims or the early prelim because you know n- nobody's really that deep in the weeds that listen to this podcast. And if you are, I don't know, listen to Luke Thomas or some shit. He's got better information than I have to provide. I'm just a novice fan parroting what I've heard other uh, uh, inter- intermediates and experts in the sport say now along with the nfl recap of last night's game i wanted to talk a little bit about the madness and chaos going on with antonio brown if you want to listen to my earlier podcast booming when he first got traded from the steelers having a rational perspective on what took place i was happy about it i thought the steelers are going to be better off and i think that's proven to be the case because antonio brown is facing a potential suspension for the first game of the season now if you don't know how this is going to impact the raider season you should know that antonio browns has more combined receptions and touchdowns last season than their entire roster so they need him on the field not only do they need him Derek carr needs him john gruden needs him all right they only gave up a third and a fifth to get him so the general manager mike mayock feels as though he's more expendable than he actually is also, when you consider the fact if he isn't on the roster the first game of the season, he foregoes basically all 30 million in the guaranteed money that the Raiders are owed to him. So Drew Rosenhaus, I heard him on Get Up This Morning talking about I'm doing everything I can to try and reconcile the situation. How you shouldn't reconcile the situation was make sure Antonio Brown understood a don't act an ass until at least after the first game of the season, right? Because if you make that act of roster the first game you not only get all 14.6 million of your remaining salary for the season guaranteed, you also get that 29.3 that's owed to you in guaranteed. So if he doesn't make the first game of the season, he's pretty much foregoing about $45 million. Yeah, take all that in. Make Mayock is doing himself a solid here and saving some salary cap space and going over the legal ramifications of the collective bargain agreement if they choose to cut antonio brown which i think is a heavy possibility at this point And in that interview he gave in his lavish mansion in miami uh what was it like two months ago where he's sitting there talking about some? i don't need football anymore man i feel like football need me or however he said it listen that all sounds well and good until you're 45 years old you don't have a job commentating and you know you burn through money quicker than you burn through your damn feet in that cryotherapy chamber I love Antonio Brown, but I hope he can work all this out, get his head back in order, because right now he's showing his whole ass, not half an ass cheek. He's showing his whole ass out here, making a fool of himself and making a fool of Raider Nation for trading the third and fifth round pick, giving him all that guaranteed money before he even stepped foot on the field. Zeke finally got paid, setting the market for all running backs and no one is happier than Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara, the main three youngsters who are dominating also at that position coming up for uh, new contracts. It's unfortunate, man. The highest paid running back in the league is making 15 million a year. Wow. The fourth dude on the bench for the LA Lakers is making that. I mean, I don't know what Danny Green's salary is, but I, I, I would imagine it's around nine or 10 million a year. I don't even know. I mean, I could look it up real quick. What does Danny Green make this year? Bear with me here for a second. I'm going to look up Danny Green's salary on my phone because I'm curious. Danny Green is a very good NBA player and he is expendable in terms of most NBA rosters, though, right? $10.11 million. All right. He's making $10 million. I love Danny Green. But if you're going to tell me Danny Green is more integral to the Lakers' success than Ezekiel Elliott is to the Dallas Cowboys' success, I'm slapping the mouth verbally, not physically, because I'm not a physical person. It's crazy how the power of a league representing its players more than it does its brand can impact the player's ability to earn a salary. And the confines of the game of football, you know, with the helmet, the face mask, the pads, the huge rosters, all those restrictions limit the player's ability to earn those high salaries i get that but it also has a lot to do with the unions all right and just the overall revenue split nba players are getting 51 to 53 percent of all game related revenue whereas nfl players are getting substantially less than that by like i think two or three percent that's a lot when you're talking about billions of dollars so the top man on the roster for the uh uh oakland raiders if you're talking about salary it's probably antonio brown this year because i don't know what Derek carr is making but you know i'm not in their books but if you're going to pay a wide receiver as much as you're going to pay them the confines of the salary suggests you're probably not going to be successful at least history tells us that last big time receiver who was you know the focal point of an offense that won the championship was like jerry rice or something right or michael irvin in the 90s we're talking 30 years ago damn near like wide receivers who are making top five to top 10 salaries don't win championships. And that's why Antonio Brown and Mize is expendable. That's why Zeke Elliott and Mize is expendable. You know, you don't pay skilled position players unless they're a quarterback that type of salary. It's just my opinion. Cornerbacks. Remember Darrell Revis? Revis Island. He was able to get a Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, because they were smart enough to understand if we can bring in a hired gun like this in the form of Deion Sanders, that position is important enough. You can shut down one whole side of the field. We're going to pay you your 15, 16 million dollars. If the Patriots are doing it, you know, it's smart. So when they choose not to pay big time wide receivers, you've got to know there's a reason behind that. Now, they brought in Randy Moss, but it was for the cheap and you weren't paying him 20 million dollars a year. They're not even paying Tom Brady that. All right if you bring in big time pass rushers as like i said cornerbacks or quarterbacks it makes sense a big time interior linemen like aaron Donald, who's providing pass rush and push up the middle i'm getting into the weeds too much here on specifics around football players but big time receivers in terms of salary don't win championships look it up yourself it's just a fact of life you know something that we've known for quite some time so when these teams like the Cleveland Browns get so excited about having Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and Kareem Hunt. And listen, to me, it sounds like you got too many cooks in the kitchen. You got to have a scheme and you got to have a philosophy. What's your scheme? What's your philosophy? That's all that matters in football. Can you block? Can you tackle all that newfangled stuff, man? Go out the window. Cliff Kingsbury talking about some this offense is going to be something the NFL's never seen before. You sure about that? I know Chip Kelly did his version of it. Yeah, Chip Kelly did do his version of him. Where's Chip Kelly right now? Didn't y'all know? Anybody want to take a guess? Chip Kelly's coaching UCLA. Yeah, have fun coaching a mid-tier Pac-12 team in the next three years, Cliff Kingsbury. Because you drafted a 5'10 quarterback who's 190 pounds soaking wet. He had to bulk up to 200 pounds coming into the combine, combine, and he looked weird. Okay, everybody can admit, looked like a little egg roll out there. It's okay, we can talk about it. He looked weird. That dude plays at about 185, at least in college he did. Okay, and when you saw him trying to break away from NFL defenders in the preseason, it looked a lot different than it did at Oklahoma versus Kansas or Texas. Or whoever else they play in the Big 12. I'm not saying Kyler Murray isn't a wonderful athlete who will do some cool things on the football field from time to time, but as far as being a consistent contributor to a championship caliber team, don't see him doing that at the quarterback position. Glad these dudes can get their money. Glad they can earn their keep. But it's unfortunate that NFL guys who... Receive a lot more damage and a lot more acclaim from American fans don't receive the level of salary and potential earnings and revenue. I think that they are due. Last thing I'm going to discuss before getting out of here is a college football talk form that a friend of mine shared a screenshot of on Instagram or Facebook. One of those forms Mark Zuckerberg owns Knowles fans have racist. What? r r Raggy. One of the conversation threads was started by an individual who feels Florida State would be better off if we just had a white head coach. I just feel we need a, a, a good Christian faith-based white man in there to help lead these young men. Because white folks get more out of these, uh, out of these monkeys. I mean, uh, players. Yeah, none of this surprises me. Okay, the hate and vitriol spewed from football fans in general, whether from the South, Northwest, or East, will never surprise me. Football is a tribal sport in which you pit someone against another person based on nothing other than the colors on their jersey. Okay? The idea that a white person from Florida thinks that a black man from the same state doesn't have the same ability to lead young men doesn't surprise me. It never will. Racism is a Deeply entrenched part of American society, as is football, as is religion, and as is ignorance. It's unfortunate that some people feel Willie Taggart doesn't have the ability to coach us to a championship. I think someday he will. And I do say us because Florida State received tuition money from me for four years. And until I get that money back, I'm a part of that school. I don't know if Willie will ever win a national championship. Hell, I don't know if he'll ever get an ACC title, but the idea that his ability to do so is hindered by his skin color is an idea shared exclusively by racist and ignorant folks, not just in the state of Florida. I'm sure the nation over. Doesn't surprise me. It only opens my eyes further to the reality that this country's got a long way to go. Again, way too deep a topic to get into on a Friday morning before I'm supposed to be watching fights and just, you know, getting a little loose, having a little fun, man. I don't want to be talking about this deep ass shit, even though it's real shit that's going on. Amazon's on fire. People's uh, frustrations are flaring. I'm, I'm I'm, not a news commentator, man. I'm not a journalist. I'm just a guy with a microphone who's talking a little shit into it. I hope y'all enjoyed, and I hope you continue to enjoy. Uh, this was 20 minutes of fire coming at you quick, fast, hot, and in a hurry. Uh, about to get into a nice workout uh and enjoy the rest of my friday i hope the rest of y'all do the same uh, much love peace chicken grease all that good stuff again leave a five-star review on whatever platform it is you're tuning into the podcast and continue to be on the lookout for more content in the form of vigia writing Algia, and all of the above You're yeah, yeah, sweet. Thing. Yeah, drive on me, man. Got to get back to you. You're yeah, the best I. Dying on